Uh, today is the uh, third and final in our uh, um, quick little series of surveying the ministry of the, the Holy Spirit, uh, the, the, the third person of the, the triune Godhead, of the, of the Trinity, um, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And um, we've, we've highlighted how the, it's the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, who, who lives within anyone who is a, a follower of Jesus. Um, the very fact that uh, um, we would uh, proclaim Jesus as Lord and follow Him is a sign of the Spirit um, who lives within us. And, and the, the Holy Spirit, one of His first and, and um, uh, primary foundational works is in everyone who follows Jesus is to affirm within us that we are God's children, Um, to enable us to to feel and to know that we've been adopted as God's daughters and sons, and that we have with with boldness the the privilege of calling God our our Abba, our Daddy, our, our Heavenly Father. And that the the Holy Spirit then indwells us and is at work within us to transform us, to change us from the inside out, to bear fruit in our lives, to to transform us more into the character of Christ, um, to show forth His love and peace and joy and gentleness and faithfulness, uh, to name uh, a few of the fruit. But then the, the Spirit as well, what we'll look at today, is then at work. He's doing those things. He's calling us um, God's children, adopting us as God's children. He's, he's transforming us from the inside out to, in order for us to carry out the mission of the church, um, in order to construct the church, in order to, to make the church deeper, more mature in Christ, and broader wider, more, more numerous in followers of Jesus. And so what we'll look at today is the, the way that the Spirit brings gifts upon each of His people. Different gifts at different times. Sometimes the gifts are lifelong gifts. Sometimes just for a season. Uh, sometimes they can uh, come and go. And we all have different gifts. Whereas the fruit is the same. You know, the, the fruit is the Spirit within us as followers of Jesus. But the gifts are those that are placed upon us by the Spirit at certain times and ways um, uh, in order to fulfill the Spirit's primary purpose. And that's really the, the, the focus um, today. Um, is What is the purpose then that the Spirit has to, to give, distribute, and empower us with certain gifts? Um, yeah, when we were uh, preparing for this, I asked you to send me questions about the Holy Spirit. And, and the most common questions are just basic. You know, who is the Holy Spirit? You know, where, where, where did He come from? You know, how does the Holy Spirit relate to the Casper, the friendly ghost? You know, was even one of the questions. And we looked at that the, the first week. But then the next uh, group of questions were around the gifts, were around the more flamboyant gifts, particularly the supernatural work of the Spirit where... Um, uh, as we have recorded in, in Scripture, particularly in 1 Corinthians 12, if you want to go look at those, the, the gifts of healing, the gifts of speaking in tongues, the gifts of prophecy, uh, those kind of supernatural manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Um, and one thing is to know that we believe those gifts are still in existence today. 
that uh, there's, there's no sense that those have stopped. Um, and there's some brothers and sisters in Christ who believe they have. Uh, they believe that uh, with the death of the, the apostles, those gifts um, were uh, ceased. Um, we, we don't believe that. We believe those gifts still are in existence um, today. We're still brothers and sisters in Christ with them, and we, we disagree on uh, that particular point. And some of you ask, well, how do those gifts work? Well, we'll, we'll talk a little bit, not too much, but a little bit um, about that today. And, uh, but most importantly is, is to answer the question, why? To, to answer the question of, of purpose. Why does the Holy Spirit bring those different gifts to different people at different times in their lives? What is the Spirit trying to accomplish? And I propose to you that what the Spirit is doing is building up the church. He is building the, up the church. Now, by church, I don't mean institution. I don't mean building. I mean people. I mean, the community of people who are gathered, who the Spirit has brought together, filled with His, um, His Holy Spirit, and, and gifted in certain ways so as to carry out the purpose to help the church grow more mature, deeper, and to grow more numerous, to, to grow wider, to, go, to grow broader. That is the purpose that the Spirit has for the gifts that He bestows on us. To construct the church. Now what we'll be looking at is in the beginning of Acts chapter 8. We'll look at first at Acts chapter 1 and then quickly and then we'll look at chapter 8 and spend some time in there. Let's, uh, let's pray together though. Gracious God, we thank you for your written word. We thank you for your living spirit within us. And we ask now that you would help us to hear from you um, individually and corporately as a people. What are you leading us to do? How are you um, guiding us? How are you gifting us to, to carry out what will best fulfill your purposes? What will best build up your people? will best help us mature in you and will best reach out to those um, who don't know you. We, we give ourselves to you for your purposes and your plan. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Before we, we look at the passage, I think therefore it's important for us as we look through these is to gauge our own motives. You know, for why we ask so much about the supernatural gifts. You know, is it because we're curious? Is it because we want the power? Is it because we, 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 we want to be you know, energized? We, we, we want good entertainment? You know, we, we, we like that stuff? Or is our motive the same as the Spirit's? That we want to see those gifts manifested and shown in us and in others so that the church might grow deeper and wider. And what I propose to you is that unless our motives, our movement, our desires are in line with the spirits, then we won't be using the gifts of the spirit as he's gifted us to use them. And, and maybe be the, the reason that we don't see them manifested today is because we want them for some other reason than the reason the Spirit wants to give them to us. 
All right, uh, Acts uh, chapter 1, verse 8. First, you, you'll, you'll see this is the, you know, the very beginning of the church. Um, this is uh, Jesus has, has uh, been raised from the dead. He's been hanging out with the disciples. He's about to ascend into heaven. You know, and when he passes the baton um, somewhere between here and heaven, he passes the baton to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is on his way upon the, the church in Acts chapter 2. But Acts chapter 1 gives us the, the theme verse, really, of the whole, the whole story of Acts. is the beginning of the church and the work of the church with the Holy Spirit within it. This, this, it's, it's the book of Acts. It's the, this is the, the best guidance for us to tell us this is the way the church has always done it. You know, if, if you have a sense that this is the way we, we've always done this, this is what tells us the story of how the church has always done it. So um, chapter 1, verse 8 of, of Acts is, But you will receive power. This is Jesus talking to the, to the disciples. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Right? And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, now notice, you see, the, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon the church, going to bring these, these gifts for what purpose? So that the church will be witnesses of Jesus. They will be on stand saying, this is who Jesus is. This is what he has done. That is, from the beginning, the purpose of the Spirit within us. And will then empower us and explode us outwardly. Jerusalem is home. You know, that, that's the homeland. That's, that's where we are comfortable and familiar. We know the language. We know the people. And we are very comfortable there. Then you go into all Judea. You've got to cross the street. You got to move. It's still more comfortable, folks, that you know and you're with, but it's it's pushing the church outside of its comfort zone. And then Samaria. Well, Samaria are the people they don't like. Samaria are the people that got it all wrong. They're the, they would walk around Samaria. The Jews would in their day because they didn't want to go through that filthy place. So what's the Spirit going to do in the church? Going to take the church into the places they don't want to go. Take them into the places they're scared of. That's the purpose of the gifts of the Spirit. And then going to take them into places they don't know anything about. Into the ends of the earth. Well, what happens is we, we see this starting to be fulfilled, especially Judea and, and Samaria and into the ends of the earth in Acts chapter 8. Now you might ask, well, it took them you know, seven chapters to sort of get there. Well, yeah, it did. And what happened was, Pentecost Sunday is when the Spirit comes on the church, all kinds of powerful, flamboyant, wonderful gifts. People are speaking the language of people outside the church. Again, key point there in Acts chapter 2, the Spirit comes on the 120 people that were followers of Jesus that heard Him say that, and they were in the upper room, and the Spirit comes upon them, and what happens? They explode out of the church building. And they are speaking the language of the people that don't know God. They're not given wonderful language to encourage and support and sing kumbaya with one another. They are exploded out of the upper room into the people around them speaking the language that they can understand. But that's in Jerusalem, in Judea, and it's not till chapter 8 that then they're broken out of that area. And what it takes is it takes the martyrdom of Stephen. Stephen and Philip are some of the first deacons that are formed. 
that, that are named. And, and they, they're ones that are, yeah, this is really going to make you want to be a deacon, huh? And they, they want to, uh, and they become evangelists. They're gifted with evangelism as deacons, and they uh, become evangelists. And, and, and Stephen is martyred. And that's where we'll pick this up in then chapter 8, um, where we'll hear of that martyrdom and the persecution. And it's that that causes the church, breaks them out of the comfort zone, the familiar people. It, it, it is a human tendency. You know, don't beat ourselves up that we hang out with people that look like us and that act like us and that we're comfortable with because that is the way the church has always done it. And what God always does then is bring something to explode us, to break us out of that natural human tendency, that we will be His people and not our own people. And that's what happens then. And in this case, it's the martyrdom and persecution of the church that that breaks them loose. All right, uh, chapter 8 of, uh, of Acts. Um, let's start with verse 1. And Saul, now one thing about Saul, Saul is the person we know as Paul. And Paul eventually will become the greatest missionary in the church and writer of most of the letters in the New, New Testament. But right now, Saul is one who is opposing, persecuting the church. And Saul approved of their killing him. That's talking about killing Stephen. That day a severe persecution began against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout the countryside of Judea and Samaria. Not an accident that he wrote that. They're now fulfilling what he told them they were going to be doing. Devout men buried Stephen and made loud lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church by entering house after house, dragging off both men and women. He committed them to prison. Now those who were scattered went from place to place proclaiming the word. See, by hook or crook, it's going to happen. And they, they go proclaiming the word. And Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah to them. The crowds, with one accord, listened eagerly to what was said by Philip. Hearing and seeing the signs that he did for unclean spirits, crying with loud shrieks, came out of many who were possessed, and many others who were paralyzed or lame were cured. So there was great joy in that city. Now a certain man named Simon had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he, meaning Simon, was someone great. Now, uh, notice here, that you're, you're seeing the spiritual battle here. I mean, si- the, the reason that Philip is given those gifts is so that people will respond with joy. They'll, they'll see the, the freedom, that he, the message that he is bringing is good news, and they will respond to him and see that so they'll turn um, to, to Jesus. And now there's a man, there's a magician who has similar powers, has similar capacities, been doing great things among the people, and they are enamored with him, and there's this spiritual power, spiritual battle that you see beginning to form. So all of them, from the least to the greatest, listen to him. Again, he's talking about Simon the magician here. Listen to him eagerly saying, This man is the power of God that is called great. And they listened eagerly to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. But when they believed Philip, who was proclaiming the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. They were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed. 
So after being baptized, he stayed constantly with Philip and was amazed when he saw the signs and great miracles that took place. So there's this spiritual battle that's going on that is the language of that day. That is the, the where those people are, and that's the way to speak to them so that they will turn to follow Jesus. And, and what, we're, what we find out a little bit later is Simon, he doesn't quite understand what's going on. And uh, he, he wants to, to buy the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, that, the rest of the, the story with him. And, and the story goes on, to, or in history or historiography, some of the stories of the 1st and 2nd century is that Simon then became a leader of a heretical group. But note with Simon there, note, it's a really crucial thing, that the gifts of God are not to be bought or desired or wanted for any other reason but the purpose of building up the church. And Simon is there for that purpose, I believe, to show us that there are, we, we're going to be enamored by such power and great, overwhelming power of God, so, so beautiful and expressive for us. But that's not what it's for. It's not for us. It's for the building up of the church for, for those that don't know Him. And so be careful that we long for those gifts for reasons other than the reasons that the Holy Spirit longs to give them to us. We'll talk a little more um, about that in a minute. All right, but fast forward past Simon the magician then to the next part of Acts where Philip, he's done in in Samaria and then he's whisked off to another place. Um, And you got that other part of Acts 8. Thank you. Uh, let's, uh, I already told that, let's jump to the next um, part of Acts 8. That's where we go for, that's still here, we, now keep going, keep going. Keep going, go to 20, where it starts at 25, I believe. Well, I've got it right here. 26. Yeah. You got Acts 8.26? No. It's in there. Okay, well, I'll just read it, and eventually we'll find it. Oh, there we go. Okay, thank you. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship. And was returning home, seated in his chariot. He was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked him, Do you understand what you are reading? That's good good enough. So, so see Philip taken to Samaria. 
He, he does his work there for what he's gifted to do. And then he's whisked away. An angel comes to him and the Spirit whispers to him. See, the Spirit is speaking to him, is leading him in that day, saying, go to this, this, this chariot over here. And in this chariot becomes an Ethiopian, he finds an Ethiopian eunuch who is the treasurer of the queen of some part of Ethiopia. Now, just look at all that has happened in this chapter of how the Spirit has brought together some unlikely people, taken in some unlikely places to bring about the the kingdom of God and the building up and the building out um, of the church. On on one hand, Philip and uh, um, Stephen, they're Greek. They're they're already sort of second generation kind of of Christians. They're not the the Jews that had come to Christ. They're, They're Greeks that had come. You know, so they're already like, well, wait a minute. He really should be the one to be doing this work. And then, then we, we find out even later you know, that Saul, who's there persecuting Stephen, the one leading the charge, he, in just the next chapter, comes to Christ himself and becomes the greatest missionary that takes the gospel into the ends of the earth. I mean, he takes very unlikely people and puts them in unlikely places in order to build up the church. He, he gifts them with just what is needed to carry out his purposes. And one thing I want you to note, too, we, we, we skip over this, but it's important, especially in our, our context. Um, you know, the, the Ethiopian eunuch, an unlikely person. I mean, he's a black African who is unclean and yet has high social standing. You know, some of you have interactions with the nation of Islam. And the nation of Islam is a, a, a really a Western sort of um, uh, take on uh, um, Islam, uh, on being Muslims. And it's, it was really born out of uh, uh, people saying Christianity is a white man's religion. And in the day that it was born, I'm afraid they had good points in terms of how the church was acting in those days. But biblically, I mean, this is Acts chapter 8. And here, God has purposefully taken this unlikely person to an unlikely, uh, taken this unlikely deliverer of this glorious message to a very unlikely person who is from another continent, brought over, and God purposefully takes the message to him to show that this message is Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. And you go talk to Ethiopian Orthodox Christians in Ethiopia today, and they will say their church is founded on the the Ethiopian eunuch that made his way back home uh, to their land to bring the good news of Jesus. But, but see how the Spirit is at work, gifting people, leading them, directing them, just the, the right person, at just the right time, in just the right place, in order to build up and to build out the church. Does that still happen today? Now, is the Spirit still at work doing that today? Well, just so happens that Holly Dixon has a story to share with that of her own. And, uh, you know, she's um, 
You know, not quite as vicious as Paul was, you know, who Saul was when he was uh, persecuting the church, but uh, still one that God has brought to know him and to lead, to follow his lead. Thank you. I can mm-hmm. be vicious if you yeah, want. Really, yeah. If I step a little bit. Um, thanks for letting me share my story today. My epic tale begins, as many do, with a trip to Target. Um, I had 45 minutes before Brad was coming home and we were going to hop on an international flight. I had farmed all three kids and the puppy out. I had my 45 minutes. I had my shopping list. Headed to Target, get some sunglasses that were not scratched by the children. This was my first, uh, my first order on my mission. I'm driving down the street and it's pouring. And I pass a woman who is walking holding the hand of her little son. And they have an umbrella but an umbrella is not doing anything because the rain is, you know, sideways at that point. And so I drive past them, and I feel that little twinge that I think everybody feels when you walk past somebody in bad weather that you want to go stop and give them a ride. Um, but I think the difference between when it's just your conscience saying, maybe I should give the person a ride, and when it's really the Holy Spirit calling you to act is that little twinges can be made to go away by all the, the excuses that you're thinking of why you can't stop and pick up the person. Um, but when the Holy Spirit puts that conviction on you, it is a conviction. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit doesn't let go, and the Holy Spirit doesn't listen to how you need sunglasses. And, uh, and your plans are, are God's plans. So I, I turn the van around, and, uh, and I stop by. I kind of pull up, and like, you know, do you, I, I would really like to give you a ride to wherever it is you're going, you and your son. And she um, was not really super excited about <laughs> climbing into the car with a strange woman in the rain. Um, but she was sort of rationalizing, well, I, you know, I, I am just going home, but it is a little bit of a ways, and, it, and it's raining, so yes, I, I, would, I would love a ride. Um, and I opened the van, and, and there's the empty booster seats, and she was like, oh, empty booster, you know. So she kind of warmed up a little bit, and we were buckling her son in, and all of a sudden her son gives out this really loud squawk, and her face changes back to where it was when I pulled over, and she's like, I'm so sorry. Um, I, you should know that my son has autism, and he's nonverbal. And I hear some of you like, and that's what I said. My face was like this, which is like maybe a weird face. But my two oldest daughters have autism, and in particular, my oldest has such trouble with verbal communication. And so she sort of reacts to my weird face. And uh, I'm like, no, I, we're living a, a similar life. You know, I have two daughters that have autism. And then her face was like, oh, you know, because I think... And maybe this has happened to you, too, that when you go through a trial and you find someone else who has gone through that, it could be a complete stranger, and then suddenly you are just connected, and there's a little bit of joy and comfort in that. Um, So she points me in the right direction, we start driving, and, you know, at that point, you don't need small talk. You know, you're talking about the love you have for your children, and you're talking about the pain you sometimes go through, and you're just talking about um, the things that are really important, Uh, and... Especially for her, she was really terrified because her son was going to start kindergarten, and she'd heard these, you know, terrible horror stories of special education in public schools, and it's in the same school system that my kids go to, and so I was really able to talk mostly about how happy we'd been and how our daughters were loved and how much they'd been helped, and it was, you know, just a visual, a visual comfort coming over her, um, and it was just really neat. And it occurred to me, you know, after we're like, blah 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 talking, talking. I don't know where I'm going. And I'm like, so where do you live? You know, where is your house? She's like, oh, I live right behind the Kroger, you know, the one that's across from the Target. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. 
Um, not that I think that God cares whether or not I have sunglasses, but God certainly wants me to have no fraction of a doubt that this is ordained by his Holy Spirit, and that when I was obedient and turned around, that he gave me a gift, that I was enriched through this experience just as this woman was enriched through this experience, and how easy it is, I think, sometimes to miss the, miss the calling of the Holy Spirit, um, to have those moments that just... Just, just define how much he cares about us and how much he wants to reach out to the world through us. So, thank you. Thanks, Holly. So, yes, the Spirit still leads and directs and gifts us in, in ways that uh, we never would have known until we're right you know, in the moment. Um, and it's for the purpose of, of building up the church, of making us more mature and spreading his good news um, to others. Um, I want to show you just one other slide of the show the Corinthians uh, passages, um, Dan, just just again to, to, to highlight um, that this is the work of the spirit. And if you go back and look at first Corinthians 12 through 14, you'll see this. But um, the uh, Corinthians uh, passages. Um, so uh, give, give me the 14, the three passages that are right next to each other. Um, where they're highlighted, you got that? Okay, I know I saw them before the service uh, over there. Okay. Gotta love uh, technology. There we go. Um, uh, this um, in First uh, Corinthians fourteen. I mean, Paul makes this point over and over again. So, with yourselves, since you are eager for spiritual gifts, that's a good thing. Strive to excel in them for the building up of the church. He talks in 1819, then specifically note the jump here, um, but he's speaking about tongues. And he says, you know, speaking in tongues, uh, that's really not the best gift because that's just for you. I'd rather speak five words of prophecy than 10,000 words in a tongue because prophecy is there in order to instruct, it's to build up um, the church. And then finally in verse 26, what should be done then, my friends, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation, let all things be done for building up. So my crucial point for this is for us to be in line with the, the gifts and the leading of the Spirit, it is for us to be in line with his motives, with His purpose for those gifts, that they are to be used for the building up of the church, for the support and encouragement and maturing of one another, and for reaching out to those that do not know Him. So, so this week, as you, you venture in this week, as you're, you're doing the, the, the Connect 3 you know, that we've been talking about, as you're connecting with God, Particularly be asking Him, you know, speak to me along the way. 
You know, uh, help me be attentive to the Spirit. Uh, align my motives with yours. You know, as you're connecting with God to, to make you the best conduit of the Spirit's gifts that you can be. To be pursuing the same purpose that the Spirit has. And give that meaning for how you then connect with folks inside the church and with folks outside the church. And if you haven't um, uh, heard the Connect 3, it's sort of a habit that we're trying to to develop and to explore this summer. Um, Pick up one of these cards on your way out and you can read um, more um, about that. Of uh, Just what would happen for us as a people if we practice uh, learn to practice these habits together, connecting with God and with others in the church and outside um, the church. Let's pray together.